At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers Sportsbook. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by BetRivers. Welcome to the New York City cast presented by Bet Rivers, a Tuesday show for you. We have a lot to do. Uh, college football national title game. We'll go over all the playoff matchups. Uh, I think the college football game is, is finally ended, man. They, they kept you up late last night. Uh, you know, Katy Perry halftime shows at, at 10.08 Eastern time. That was a little rough, but a uh, pretty good game. Georgia finally gets over the hump and win. Uh, we'll go over that game. We'll go over the playoff matchups. Bet Rivers does have exact Super Bowl matchups. These are always fun. You get some good value with these. So we'll talk about some of those options. Uh, but we'll start here with the Giants, who continue to be just the laughing stock of the league. I mean, usually when everyone's saying one thing, there's usually another side to it. People aren't, aren't always all right. Usually there's somebody that zags and says, you know what, actually this. This one, you can't find anyone to defend Judge. I, I mean, the, and it gets worse. The story comes out yesterday that Judge would have say in terms of who's the GM. I mean, what a joke. At some point, why don't you just give him a piece of the team? Let him let him be part owner. I mean, it's gotten really bad. Uh, I, I can't imagine that they'll bring him back like we talked about yesterday. But look, if you haven't fired him now, I guess there's a chance. Uh, you know, Glazer said, and there's been conflicting reports. So Cena Anderson said yesterday he'd be back. Then Art Stapleton, who's a Giants beat writer, said no final decision's been made. Remember, Glazer said Sunday, you know, 50-50, now more 75-25, 75 being him and being out, 25 him coming back. Players can't stand him. So just can't imagine he'll be back. I mean, look, you're not only downgrading the head coaching position by keeping him. When you could bring in Flores, you could bring in somebody else here. It would be hard to do worse than Judge. You're, you're not only downgrading the coaching position, but you're downgrading the GM because you're going to bring in a GM uh, – who's a less than candidate nobody's gonna no, nobody that is a good candidate a prime candidate for a good job is gonna want to come in here with Joe judge in his lap with Jones in his lap and basically you say you know what you can't pitch pick the coach you can't pick the quarterback that that's not the way to do business here it's just not the way to do business and the fact that you're gonna let jo, uh, judge pick a GM is just so bizarre it's so backwards. Uh, I can't imagine the Giants. I mean, look, they, they got to read the papers too. They got to have their ear to the ground and look, say, you know what? Your fans hate this guy. Your fans hate this decision. 
your team is a joke. Your team was outscored by 154 points this year. They lost their last six games all by double digits. You're running quarterback sneaks on third and 11, second and long. Uh, at, at some point, logic has to take over. I, I know you're not crazy about uh, firing a coach after two years, but two years, three years, what's the difference at this point? Just rip the Band-Aid and get rid of the guy. I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't trust them to do the, do the right thing. It's becoming clear, regardless of what they do, it's becoming clear how, just how incompetent they are. The fact that they would even consider bringing this guy back just shows how out of touch the Giants are. So uh, that's going to be the story here until they make a move. Now, maybe they make a move and say, you know what, We're, we'll leave Judge alone for now. We'll bring in a GM. We'll, we'll hire the best GM, and we'll let the GM make the decision. Uh, you can't really go into a GM interview and say, you know what, we're looking to hire you, but here's one condition. Judge has to be the coach. That's just not the way to do business. I mean, that's, that's really an asinine way to do things, an asinine approach. Uh, so that's the situation here. I mean, that you're going to have fans saying, you know what, I'm not going to the game. I'm not buying tickets. You, you can give my tickets to somebody else. I'm not coming to the game. And we saw how many empty seats there were last year. You're just going to next year with a bad vibe. I mean, this team has lost five years in a row. 22 and 59. They're a terrible organization. You go in, you can really, you can air out the windows. You can cleanse everything by getting rid of Judge. Clean break, new GM, new coach, bunch of draft picks, and move on. Giants have an opportunity, as bad as things bent, to move forward here with decent defense and some picks and move forward. But not sure if we're going to do that. We'll keep an eye on that, obviously. Uh, the Giants schedule next year because you can tell the opponents. Now, we don't have the dates, but we do have the opponents. Uh, the games next year the road games obviously at Cowboys at Washington at Eagles uh, then the Jaguars Vikings Packers Eagles Titans and Seahawks all on the road not an easy schedule uh, the home games for the Giants obviously Eagles Cowboys Washington Ravens Panthers Bears Lions Texans Colts so not easy I mean you get the Bears you get the Lions and the Texans at home but look, the, te the Texans, the Bears, and the Lions say we get to play the Giants. I mean, you could reverse engineer that and say uh, that the other teams looking at your schedules are win. I mean, it's too early to go over, you know, who's going to be on these teams, what these teams are going to look like. We don't, we still have a draft, free agency to go through, injuries. I mean, it's uh, it's a fool's error to look at the schedule this far and ahead. But you do get some sort of a sense in terms of the schedule. Uh, might as well do the Jets schedule too. The Jets have, let's see, road games at Browns, at Packers. Dolphins, Vikings, Pats, Bills, Broncos, Steelers, Seahawks. Jeez, that's uh, again, these things could change, but there's not, not a lot of wins when you look at it from that perspective. Home games, Dolphins, Pats, Bills, Bengals, Ravens. You get the Lions, the Jaguars again, and the Bears. So not easy. I mean, these teams have to improve if, if you're going to be decent because these schedules are not easy. It feels like they just play the Broncos every year in Denver. So those are the Jets' schedules. The Jets this year outscored by 194 points. Uh, again, they have picks too. They have the fourth pick and the tenth pick. Giants have the fifth and seventh pick. Uh, Douglas gave his closing press conference last uh, yesterday, last night uh, in the afternoon, I think it was. So did Salah. They both said, you know, the usual, we have to do better. Uh, we believe in each other. You know, lucky to have these guys. You know, the, the same coach speak that they always give you, but... Uh, Clock's taking on Douglas, clock's taking on Salah. They've kind of taken a backseat here based on how dysfunctional the Giants are. What an embarrassment Judge has been. They've kind of skated here in what was a really bad uh, rookie season for Salah, really bad rookie season for Wilson. They really haven't been the story. Look, this is supposed to be a defensive genius that comes in and, and gives up the most points in the league, the most yards in the league. So 
there's plenty of blame to go around both these teams. So the Jets obviously outscored by 194 points this year. It's uh, really bad that the numbers don't lie. So that's the Jets. That's the Giants. We'll do lots. We'll, we'll go through some of the draft stuff here because it, it ties into the college football title game. It, it, you go through some of these mock drafts and you just go through three or four of them. Uh, I'm not sure what the best one is, the most accurate one is. It's hard this far in advance to get the team right, the player right. You know, at the top, you kind of have an idea, but after that, uh, it gets a little dicey. Now, they, they do have odds for number one pick. It's basically a coin flip between Hutchinson, the defensive lineman, the edge for Michigan, and Thibodeau. Thibodeau or Thibodeau? I'm not sure. I never know that. It's the same with the Knicks coach. I don't know if it's Thibodeau or Thibodeau. I've heard it pronounced both ways. I know this is this is fascinating content to everybody. But uh, Hutchinson and, and Thibodeau are the the consensus one, two. You figure whoever doesn't go one goes two. And then you go through the rest of the top ten here. Most of these mock drafts, it's Neil, the offensive tackle for Bama. It's a bunch of, you know, it's a lot of meat and potatoes. It's not skill guys. There's no quarterbacks really in the top ten. Corral starts to come in some of these, you know, 11, 12. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, Stingley, the corner from LSU. It's a lot of defense and offensive linemen. So, look, it's what you need. The Giants need plenty of linemen. You, you can, you got plenty of holes to fill if you're the Giants or the Jets. So you just take the best available player uh, on your board. Now, look, you, just because you draft an offensive lineman, it doesn't mean you fill the need. I mean, we, we've seen some of these teams have needs forever. Draft players at that position. doesn't mean that player, you know, pans out. doesn't mean it's a good pick. But, uh that's the situation. These teams have plenty of picks. I mean, plenty of picks. Giants have fifth pick, seventh pick, five picks in the top 80. Uh, they got they got picks for days. So, gotta find gotta find the right guy to make the picks. You, if you find the, the right guy to make the picks, this thing can turn around and turn around quickly. We saw it with Cincy, who was picking number one in the draft, you know, less than two years ago, and here they are. They're hosting a playoff game uh, on Saturday, and this thing can turn around quickly. Now, you need the coach, you need the quarterback. And you, you need to hit on some of these picks, but the picks are there to be made. The Jets, same thing. The fourth pick, the tenth pick, uh, an extra second rounder from Carolina in the Darnold deal. So, I mean, you, you can rebuild this defense. You get back to back on the offensive line. You hit on the guard with Vera Tucker. Uh, there's a path for these teams to rebuild. I mean, in the NFL, it does not take that long uh, to, to rebuild and, and get things on the right track. So, that's the uh, that's the situation with the local teams. We'll keep an eye on, on, on Judge. Uh, do some mock draft stuff. Get some. We'll get some guests on here pretty soon to, to help with, you know, the draft. It's too early for combine stuff, but just to get an idea of what direction these teams will go in. Uh, I guess we could do a minute here on the college football national title game, which I think, like I said, I think it just ended. I mean, I I love football more than anybody, but it's a little muff, a little rough for even me. I mean, Saturday afternoon you, you start with two games. You know, four thirty in the afternoon it's Chiefs Broncos, then the nightcap Eagles Cowboys. 12 hours of football Sunday, uh, concluding with a great Chargers-Raiders game that went till after midnight. Even me, I'm, I'm a little worn out. By the time that game kicks off at, what, 8.15, 8.20 on a Monday night, uh, and the game moved quickly. The game moved quickly, but at 10.08, I look at my, you know, I'm kind of on my phone. I'm doing whatever. It's still halftime. We got Katy Perry doing music videos. I, I didn't know Katy Perry was still around. I didn't know music videos were still around. Katy Perry doing music, music videos, you know, 10 after 10 on, on a Monday night. Uh, it's tough. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the better solution is. I don't know that, that that's the best thing ratings-wise for them. I know it's 7 o'clock in the West Coast, and it gets tricky there, but uh, and you don't want to go on a Friday night. I, I don't know what game, what, what day works better for a national title game. I know college, football, college basketball, they do Monday night as well, but it's just, it's a lot of football in a short period of time. I, I think we were all kind of footballed out, but if you stayed up and watched it, it's a pretty good game. Pretty good game. Now, 
You can kind of pick it up from Georgia's up a point. One of the stranger plays you'll ever see, Bennett, the quarterback for Georgia. Uh, Georgia's got a one-point lead. They're in their own territory, deep in their own territory. Bennett, the quarterback, throws what looked like a pass. His arm was going forward. They call it a fumble. You're saying, watching the game, saying, no way it's a fumble. And if it is a fumble, no way Bama recovered because the guy kind of picked the ball up. He's out of bounds. The more you watch, you say, wow, the ball's out of his hand. It probably is a fumble. And the kid for Bama, he has, he picks up the ball nonchalantly. He doesn't even realize it's a fumble. He doesn't realize he's in bounds. His toe was barely in bounds. I mean, it's really just a strange play. And that gave Bama the ball in the fourth quarter, down one. Uh, the ball like the 15, and you're thinking, typical Georgia, they're going to crumble again. Typical Bama, they find a way to win. You're, you feel like an idiot if you bet against Bama. You feel like, you know what, you got it in the bank if you took Bama put, put with the points or the money line, whatever it was. And Bama uh, gets a touchdown. They miss the two. And then it was all Georgia from that point. Georgia comes right down the field, you know, five or six plays, long touchdown pass. They get the touchdown. They miss the two, so they're up one. They get the three and out uh, with, like, seven minutes left. And the Georgia, Georgia gets the ball back, you know, six and a half, seven minutes left. Looks like they're going to run out the, you know, run out the clock, be conservative. They just run the ball, run the ball. Uh, they mix in a pass, and, and they go right in the end zone to go up eight. Now, it was a good game. You know, they were trading punches early. Uh, it looked like it, it was sizing up to be just a classic, just an epic finish. It, it really didn't because Bama down eight. They get the ball midfield. It looks like, all right, maybe we're headed for overtime. Maybe we're headed for a scenario where Bama uh, gets a touchdown, doesn't get the two, and they cover but don't win. It was really uh, sizing up to be a great finish. But Bama uh, down eight, three minutes or so to go. Cross midfield, they had a couple uh, chances to hit deep balls. Just one of them, the receiver lost the ball. Another one kind of got overthrown. Young did not play well. I know he's going to be a big-time pick in the NFL next year. He's not draft eligible yet. He did not have a great game. Now, I'm sure he'll get better. He'll get stronger. That's another thing. He needs to really you know, put on some weight. He looks like uh, you know, he does not look like an NFL player. I, I know you don't need to be uh, the Hulk to play quarterback in the NFL, but he needs to put on some, some weight. But down eight. Bama eventually throws an interception. The interception gets run back for a touchdown, which led to all sorts of bad beats in terms of Bama on teasers, uh, Georgia under team totals. The under closed, I think, at 52, but there were 50-and-a-halfs, 51s at some point. So uh, depending on what number you got, that, that pick six was costly to some people. Uh, and if you had Bama, man, Bama on a teaser, plus nine or whatever it is, plus ten, it would probably be plus nine because they closed at three. So if you're plus eight-and-a-half, plus nine, and you're up one late to, to not hit on the teaser, to lose on that pick six, you know, three touchdowns in the last seven or so minutes. Oh, that's a tough one for Bama. But Georgia finally gets over the hump. They finally beat Bama. They come close so many times. They had that 13-0 lead second half against Bama in 2017. They cough it up. They lose in overtime. Uh, 2018, they had a huge lead in the SEC title game. Couldn't get over the hump. They blew that lead, ran a fake punt. Uh, Bama's been in their head. I mean, Bama's been uh, kind of the boogie monster for them. So, it was kind of good to see Georgia get over the hump. It's been a good few months here for Georgia with the Braves winning the World Series, Georgia finally getting over the hump. Uh, I thought Saban handled it pretty well. You could hear him. It was a hot mic during the uh, during the little the 50-yard line meetup after the game when, when Smart and, and Saban shook hands. Saban said to him, I think it was he said, you really kicked our butt that fourth quarter. And they did. I think Saban, Saban didn't even look that mad. I think... I think he knew Georgia had the better team. Georgia really did have the better team. If you kind of a casual college football fan, if you only watch a few games here and there, you say, oh, my God, how is Bama getting points? There was a reason Bama was getting points, even with Saban, even with the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Not a typical, not a vintage Bama team. I mean, they lost to A&M. 
could have easily lost to LSU, who wasn't very good. They had six rushing yards against LSU. Uh, struggled against Florida. Struggled against Arkansas. Uh, I think there was an, uh, Auburn. They definitely should have lost. And meanwhile, Georgia. I mean, Georgia just got NFL players all over the field. I mean, that's one of the better front sevens, one of the better defensive lines you're ever going to see. I mean, they had top top 20, top 50 picks everywhere. So much speed. I mean, their linebackers were just as fast as their corners. Uh, if you watch that game, some of those guys are, are probably going to be playing for the Jets and the Giants because there's a lot of, uh, with all the picks the Giants and Jets have, there was a lot of top top uh, you know, defensive linemen, linebackers, a lot of good front seven players on both sides of the ball. But Georgia finally gets over the hump. Good game, not a great game. Uh, a lot of field goals early. Was you know They kind of traded jabs early. Then they started throwing some haymakers, went back and forth with the touchdowns. I think if Bama... You know, could have gotten closer to the goal line, could have gotten closer to the end zone, down eight there. You really would have had an epic finish. It kind of, you know, the body kind of got dragged around the ring the last few minutes there when it was down eight through the pick six. And then there was still a minute left, so Bama was down 15, just, you know, throwing the ball. And, and the game kind of dragged from that point. Uh, you know, Georgia was really beating the hell out of Young at that point. Down 50, up 15, they could just kind of pin their ears back and attack. And uh, Bama just had a hard time. A hard time blocking them, and they lost, you know, their second-best receiver. Their best receiver, Michi, tore his ACL in the, the SEC title game. You see why these college kids set, set out bowl games, because the receiver for Bama hurt his knee. Looked like uh, that's a pretty serious injury. He's going to be in the draft, too. So that was tough to see. I really thought that cost Bama. And we look, when you're down your top, you know, top receiver, top second-best receiver, and they were missing some corners, it, it, it's a lot to overcome. So uh, Georgia gets over the hump. They win the national title. Not sure how much juice this game had. I mean, these teams... The problem with college, it's always the same teams. It's always, you know, Bama's always in it. It's either, you know, Clemson's usually in it. It's usually some combination of Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Uh, that kills it a little bit. You know, Michigan and Cincy gave us some new blood this this year, but it seems to be just a, a rotation of these teams that come in and get slaughtered by the SEC teams or by Clemson. So uh, I'm not sure what the solution is. Not sure what the solution is. Maybe, you know, they're going to add extra playoff games like they do add extra playoff games in all these sports. Maybe that. You know, gives it some more juice, brings in, in some more of a national audience. I, I don't know how great the ratings were. Like I said, it's a, kind of a repetitive matchup. Uh, there was some drama in terms of Georgia finally slaying the Dragon. But, again, after a long weekend of football, I'm going to sit in there. Saturday afternoon, Chiefs-Broncos, eight hours of football on Saturday, 12 hours of football on Sunday. You're to sit there and to stay up until, you know, 8.15. The game doesn't kick off till you know, 10.15. The second half starts, 10 after 10. It's just... It's a long night of football on a Monday night, so I'm not sure how the ratings did. I'm not sure how much juice there was, you know, regionally, nationally. Uh, you know, obviously down south, it's uh, it's religion to them. But in terms of nationally, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how much juice this matchup had. But good game. Not a great game, but a good game. Georgia wins. They cover. The game does stay under the, the closing total. Again, there were some 15.5s out there. So depending on when you get it, you might have gotten with a bad beat there with the under. So... Uh, that's the national title game. We did a little Jets and Giants. When we come back, we will do a little NFL playoffs. This is the New York City cast presented by Bet Rivers. It's been a trip going to New Jersey to place your online sports bets, but those days are over. Legal online sports betting is now live in New York with Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Sign up right now. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Get an account and start making your bets right here in New York. You even get up to a $250 match on your first deposit. That's Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Must be 21. Playable New York only. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All 
All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet Rivers. Uh, again, New York mobile betting, it's there for you. So this weekend, you're sitting there, you're watching the playoffs. You can just one click away from having some action on these games. It uh, It's a game changer to have to live, live betting. You can bet on, you know, in-game betting, first half. Some some of these games, they offer you play-to-play. -play, you know, what, what what's going to happen on the next drive? So definitely check that out. Uh, can't recommend that enough. Let's get to the playoffs here. We got six playoff games this weekend with the expanded wildcard weekend that started last year. The six games uh, I like. I think I liked it better last year. It was three games on Saturday starting at one and three games Sunday. They only gave you two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, uh, one on Monday night. Now, I, I think the playoffs, the playoffs were shaping up to be great, especially in the AFC. If the Chargers and the Colts could have gotten in, you have seven teams that really could beat anybody that were live. Uh, the Titans is a one-seater vulnerable. So I thought I, I thought the Colts and the Chargers getting in would have made for a really fun postseason. It kills it a little bit for me that the Raiders and the Steelers and the Steelers are a dead duck. They're not beating anybody. They're not beating the Chiefs. They'll probably get blown out uh, against the Steelers on Sunday. And the Raiders mentioned yesterday, I mean, the inside straight they pulled, the you know 100-to-1 parley they pulled to get in the playoffs from being 6-7. and seven. First of all, the whole Browns team – got COVID. Uh, otherwise, they're probably out at that point. Even still, with all the backups, they're down two points with two minutes left, and, and Cleveland's got the ball third and three. Chubb just gets three yards. The game is over. Their season's over. They get the ball back. They win the game. They win three in a row, and, and they're in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I do think it kills the depth a little bit to have the Raiders and the Steelers here, but the playoffs should be good. It, it's a lot of fun. We'll get into some of the matchups here. Uh, Raiders and Bengals. Bengals favored by six and a half. Totals 48 and a half. Uh, these teams played in, let's see, it was early November. It was week 11. Bengals won 32-13. to 13. That was in Vegas. Now, five of these six games are rematches from the regular season. Uh, so the Bengals, the Bengals won 32-13 in Vegas. But if you look a little closer, the Bengals didn't move the ball great. Four yards per play. Raiders had 5.9 yards per play. So I'll have to go back and really look at how they scored there. You know, 32 points on, on four yards per play uh, is unusual. So I, I don't know that that was turnover-based or they got some short fields. I'll have to go back and really study that one. Seven's a lot. Six and a half's a lot. Uh, it's a good teaser piece. I do think since he wins. Now, both these teams have gone a long, long time without winning a playoff game. Uh, Raiders, last time they won a playoff game. The 2002 AFC title game. And then when they beat the Titans, went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Bucks. That's the last time they won a playoff game. They've only been back a couple of times. Uh, the Bengals, their last playoff win, 1990 against the Oilers. Uh, and they've been back a bunch of times. Seems like they were in every year with Dalton and Marvin Lewis. You know, four or five years in a row just could never win a game, could never get out of the first round. You know, they played the Texans a million times, couldn't win a game. Uh, one of the years they lost to the Chargers. They had another one to the Colts. Uh, I, I think they get off the schneid. I think the Bengals win. That price is a little expensive. Uh, I think the Bengals are a great teaser piece. There's not a lot to tease it with because some of these lines are just out of teaser range. Uh, you know, like the Bucks, you'd like to tease the Bucks down, but that's you're teasing from nine and a half down to three and a half. So uh, I'll have to look. I'll, I'll give you official picks more later in the week, just kind of going over you know some preliminary thoughts on these games. Uh, I do expect the Bengals to win. I'll, I'll find a way to play the Bengals. I just I'm not crazy about the six and a half. It is a tough spot for the Raiders. They played sat, uh, Sunday night. That game, like I said, took forever. Played an extra quarter. Uh, we always talk about you know teams that are physically tired. You also got to think about the mental aspect. They've got to be emotionally, mentally tired. Having to win game after game, week after week, 
uh, just to get in the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Bengals could have rested, you know, rested players last week. Uh, Burrow, Mixon. So, Bengals are probably the f fresher team. They're home. Raiders got to fly across the country now. I think it's a good spot for the Bengals. I would lean towards the Bengals there. I'll try to find a way to tease it with something else. That's the Saturday afternoon, the 4.30 game, uh, 1.30 on the West Coast. The Saturday night game, uh, Saturday, I think it's 8, 8.15 Eastern time. Bills and Patriots, obviously they play twice, being in the same division. First matchup was that win game where Patriots won 14-10, uh, only attempted three passes. Not, not sure how much you can glean from that game, just because the wind, the weather was such a factor. Uh, they played a few weeks later in Foxborough. The Bills won 33-21, really kind of dominated. Never punted in the game. Uh, the, the line now is, is Bills minus four, total 43.5. I think you're going to get some weather for this game. Temperature, and now the winds aren't crazy. The winds are what you look for, 10 to 15 miles an hour, so that's not crazy. Uh, we saw the other day how the wind really affected the Bills and the Jets in that Bills-Jets game on Sunday. Uh, but the weather's going to be in the teens. Wind, not crazy. I would lean Bills here. I think the Pats had a good year just to get here. They're pretty limited on offense. I know Jones is a good player, had a nice year, but uh, to me, they're just not a dynamic offense. And as long as the weather's pretty good, I think the Bills will be able to throw the ball. I think the Bills will be able to get into the high 20s, maybe the low 30s. I just don't think the Patriots are the kind of team that can go point for point. And if you look at some of the teams the Patriots beat, I mean, they really don't have a lot of good wins against playoff teams. They beat the Bills with, with help from the win. But other than that, it's a lot of Falcons, Jets, Texans. Uh, you know, they got swept by Miami. Their schedule, when you dig a little deeper on the Patriots, it's not that impressive. The Bills, to me, are a contender. The Bills are the much better team. I think this line will go up. Uh, I, I do like the Bills. I'll probably bet the Bills at some point this week. Sunday games, uh, 1 o'clock game Eastern. Bucks minus 9.5, total 49 against the Eagles. Uh, Eagles are another team that hasn't beaten anybody. I think they beat one team over 500, and that's because the Saints beat the Falcons on Sunday to go to 9-8. Other than that, uh, I think they headed into last Sunday. The Eagles were 0-7 against teams that were over 500. Uh, if you look at who the Eagles beat, I mean, it's you know the Jets, it's Washington with, with backups, it's the Giants. I mean, let's put it this way. The Eagles lost to the Giants. I mean, that, that's as simple as you can put it. The Eagles lost to the Giants. That's all we need to say. Uh, regarding regarding the Eagles, but look, nine and a half is a lot. They're beat up. The Bucks are beat up. Uh, Evans is had a hand injury. He left the game. Obviously, Brown's no longer in the mix. Godwin's out with an ACL. Fournette's been hurt. Uh, now you still got Gronkowski. You still got some guys. It, it feels like Brady can kind of you know make do with whatever's around him. The great quarterbacks always do. Uh, I'm not crazy about laying the nine and a half. I, I I think it's a little a little expensive. Like I said, I think they're they're jacking this up so you can't tease it. You know, if you make this line eight, eight and a half, you can tease it down under a field goal, and everybody in the world is going to tease the Bucks, and, and the Bucks will lose some money on that. So uh, that's probably why they're jacking it up a little. I think if it hits 10, you probably have to take the Eagles. Uh, again, not, not a game I bet, not a game I'm dying to bet yet. I'll think more about it and, and give you some picks later in the week. Uh, this is probably the game of the week. This is Sunday at 4.30, Cowboys and 49ers. I mean, this is 1990s. This is John Madden. This is... Uh, this really elicits memories of, you know, of, of yesteryear, of, of, you know, your childhood, if you're in that range. If you're in your 30s, you, know, you saw the, the Cowboys play the 49ers in the playoffs. Just, it seemed like every year, year after year. Uh, Cowboys minus three. This is the lowest spread on the board. Totals 50. 49ers are live. I mean, the 49ers can rush the passer. They can run the ball. They got weapons with Samuel, Kittle, Ayuk. I mean, the, the 49ers are really good. Uh, but the Cowboys are better on defense. I just think with Garoppolo's hand, I worry he could be a little erratic throwing the ball. 
And the Cowboys have a really a ball hawking, you know, defense where they make plays on the ball, they jump routes, and they have a nose, you know, between Parsons and Diggs, they have a nose for the ball where they can turn turnovers into touchdowns. And uh, in a game like this, I, I think that could be the difference. And again, San Francisco, their one weakness, the deep ball, defending the deep ball. They're not good in the secondary. I think the Cowboys can probably expose that even without Gallup. You know, they got Lamb and Cooper. That's a lot of firepower. Uh, they didn't play great at the end of the year, but with Dak and those receivers, those weapons, I do think the Cowboys win the game. Uh, you know, if, at three and a half, I'd probably – that's a tough one. It's a really tough one. I'd probably look for a cheaper money line on the Cowboys. It, it, as much fun as that game is to watch, I'm not dying to bet that because uh, I think the 49ers are really alive. I think the 49ers are a sleeper. Uh, the Sunday night game, uh, we don't have to spend too much time on this. Chiefs minus 12 and a half, minus 13. Now, the one thing with the Chiefs here against the Steelers, total 46 and a half. The one thing with the Chiefs, uh, Tyreek Hill on Saturday afternoon didn't play most of that game against the Broncos. He hurt his heel in warmups and basically wasn't a factor in the game, sat out most of the game. And then Kelsey on the, the, the catch that sealed the game uh, kind of limped off the field. The Chiefs haven't said a lot about the injury. Reed said he's all right. That was his quote. He wasn't too uh, specific about he'll play. He, you know, or he won't play. I would assume he'll play, but uh, we don't have too much information. That would be the one concern because, I mean, as good as Mahomes is, uh, Hill and Kelsey, that those are really their two main, their two only weapons. I know Hardman chips in Pringle, but uh, if you take out Hill and Kelsey, that that's a that's a lot. The only thing is. Uh, it probably won't hurt him in this game, even without, even if Hill and Kelsey were not to play. The Steelers are just punchless on offense. I mean, Ben, it's it's painful to watch how this team, and, and we can be critical of Tomlin at times with the game management, but how Tomlin got this team into the playoffs is a miracle. Uh, they're just they, they're throwing for 100 plus yards in all these games. It hurts to watch Roethlisberger throw the ball. Uh, these teams played the day after Christmas. The, the Chiefs led 30 to nothing at one point. They ended up winning 36 to 10, but. Uh, this was a total knockout the last time these teams played a few weeks ago. Again, 13, you usually don't see a line like 13 in the playoffs. I remember, I think it was like five years ago, the Dolphins played the Steelers, and the Steelers were favored by like 14 or 15. Uh, Matt Moore played quarterback for the Dolphins. That was a good Steelers team with, with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Roethlisberger uh, in his prime-ish. And I don't remember if the Dolphins covered. I remember that came, it came close to the spread either way where the Steelers scored a couple times early. I'll have to go back and look. But that's the, that's the largest spread I can remember in a playoff game. Usually you don't see too many double-digit playoff spreads. You see them once every few years, but it's not that common. You know, if you make the playoffs, it's a league with parity. Usually if you make the playoffs, you're not a double-digit underdog to anybody. But like I said, we got some pretty, uh, I don't know if it's fair to say undeserving teams, but, you know, the Steelers are not one of the best teams in the league here. They got in the playoffs, but, you know, the Colts are better, the Chargers are better. Some of these teams are, are better and more exciting than the Steelers. So, I expect it'll be a, a quick exit for the for the Steelers. I expect a lot of Chiefs money to come in. Uh, I'll make the prediction this line closes 14, maybe 14 and a half. I, I think this line is still a little short, uh, even at 13 and a half. Monday night, Rams-Cardinals. This is the third time they've uh, met. Rams minus four, totals 50. They each won in their uh, the other's building. Cardinals won 37-20 in LA in week four. It's amazing. The Cardinals were the last undefeated team. They were like 8-0. Here they are. They're a 5 seed. They're a wild card team. Uh, and they would have won the division because the Rams lost on Sunday. The only reason the Rams still won the division is because the Cardinals lost to the Seahawks. Cardinals really played terribly down the stretch. Despite that Cowboys win, uh, they really, I mean, they lost their last five home games. The Cardinals have been bad. 
down the stretch. But the Rams have struggled too. Stafford's throwing interceptions. Stafford, uh, you know, is limping around. The Rams had a 17-0 lead in that game against the 49ers. Blew that. Then went up 24-17. A minute left. They, you know, they punt the ball back. Niners go right down the field. Get touchdown. Coin flip. Field goal. Game is over. Uh, and, and the 49ers beat the Rams. So uh, two teams kind of limp into the finish line. Uh, the game is in L.A., but, again, the Rams, they don't have a great home field advantage. I think it was one of the 49ers players saying, you know what, it felt like a home game for us. There, there's not a lot of Rams fans in L.A. It's kind of a, a uh, you know an apathetic home field, home crowd for the Rams. Don't have a great feel for this game. My, I, my lean would be taking the points. You know, when in doubt, just take the points here. Don't feel great about it either way. Uh, these teams, again, this is a Monday night game. These teams played uh, on Monday night you know, five or six weeks ago uh, without Ramsey. Remember, a bunch of guys were out for the Rams, and the Rams were struggling at the time. They won that game 30-23 to in Arizona. So home field doesn't mean a lot here. Uh, there's some familiarity with a division opponent. I would lean towards taking the four, but uh, I'll have to think about it more. So those are your playoff games. Uh, the Bet Rivers does has, have these uh, these. Exact Super Bowl matchups. We'll go through some of these now because these are fun. You get some value on these uh, in terms of the exact matchup in the Super Bowl. So I'll pull these up here. It is obviously the Chiefs and the favorite. Chiefs and the Packers are going to be the favorite. That's the most likely matchup. That's seven to one. Packers Titans nine to one. Packers Bills ten to one. Chiefs Bucks rematch would be twelve to one. Uh, Cowboys Chiefs fifteen to one. That's not bad. Rams Chiefs 15 to 1. Uh, Bucks Titans 18 to 1. Don't know if I love that. I don't like the Titans. Bucks Bills 20 to 1. That will be a rematch from earlier in the year. So uh, Cowboys Titans 22 to 1. Packers Patriots 22 to 1. Let's see. Rams Titans. That would be another Super Bowl rematch 22 to 1. Cowboys Bills. Another Super Bowl rematch would be 25 to 1. Uh, that's actually not terrible. Both those teams could get there. I know both of these teams have to play wild card weekend and. and you, know, you got to basically win six games. Cowboys need three wins. Bills need six wins. So you're basically a six-team money line parlay. But Cowboy, Cowboys and Bills could be the Super Bowl. That's not terrible. Uh, you go down the list here. Chiefs, Cardinals, 35-1. to 1. Chiefs, Niners, 35-1. to 1. Yeah, and then you kind of get to, to where you're stretching here. One that catches my eye, uh, 49ers, Bills, 55-1. to 1. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. That could actually happen, too. The 49ers... Uh, you know, could win this weekend. They're a short, they're a short fate, uh, underdog. They play well against Green Bay. They have beaten the hell out of Rodgers. They they match up well against the Packers because they because they can run the ball uh, on Green Bay. They can pressure Rodgers. So fifty five to one for for 49ers Bills would, would kind of be worth a flyer. Uh, then you really get out there with you know Packers Steelers. That's not happening. Chiefs Eagles. That's not happening. Vegas versus Tampa. No. Uh, Cardinals Patriots a hundred to one. Again, these are worth checking out. If you just want a little action uh, at Bet Rivers, you can get some long shots there. You, it gives you a dog in the fight, a couple teams to root for. And, you know, we saw in the mid-2000s a lot of these teams came out of nowhere to go to the Super Bowl. It hasn't happened a lot recently. The Bucks did come out of wild card weekend, out of a wild card spot, and make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl last year. But uh, for the most part, the last six or seven years, seven, eight years, it, it's been a lot of chalk, a lot of ones and two seeds uh, making the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. But it's the NFL. Anything can happen. So those are, are worth a look there at Bet Rivers. Uh, that's the NFL playoffs. Um, we'll wrap up here with the Knicks. They beat the Spurs last night. They got buried in Boston after that good win on Thursday. They go to Boston Saturday night, get buried in the second half by the Celtics. They bounce back. They beat the Spurs. 
on Monday night, last night, by about 15. They cover the spread. Uh, 20 and 21 right now, kind of in no man's land. You know, the old Knicks were dysfunctional. The way the Knicks were run for two decades, they were so dysfunctional. That at this point in time, they would make a trade. They would trade two first-round picks and say, you know what, we're in the mix. Let's get the AC. And they, you know, trade two first-rounders for, you know, some aging veteran to try to get on the AC. I mean, I feel like Isaiah Thomas made those trades. They made trades for, you know, Marbury in every veteran that's past his prime seems like you know he had a stint with the Knicks. I think this new Knicks regime is has their head on straight a little bit more. I don't think they're going to chase the eight seed. I think if they just kind of hold pat here, and again they have a pretty easy schedule the next couple weeks. They got Clippers home, they got Mavs home, they're at Atlanta who hasn't played well. Uh, you know they got some easier games the next few weeks, and they were twenty and twenty one last year when they traded for Rose. I think they went thirty and fifteen down the stretch, so. If you could make a trade and not have to give up a lot and try to get into the playing scenario, try to move up in the playing scenario, maybe you do that. But uh, I'll be interested to see what the Knicks do here. Do they go forward? Do they go backwards? Do they kind of hold pat? If it were me, I know the value of having playoff games. I would be very cautious here. I would look to, to build, collect assets. If you can give up somebody and get something back, get something for the future back, that's the direction I would go. I'm not sure the Knicks would do that, but... Knicks kind of floating in, flo in no man's land here. They were they were playing really badly, uh, you know, four or five games under 500. They've got some soft, you know, a soft part of their schedule the last couple of weeks where they could, be, you know, they beat the Pacers, had that great win against the Celtics, beat the Spurs last night. So they kind of gotten on track. It's kind of based on the schedule. Uh, now again, the schedule is good the next couple of weeks in terms of uh, being favorable for the Knicks, but after that, it gets tough again. They go on the road, uh, you know, a lot of West Coast trips, a lot of Bucks, Heat, uh, Nets, so. The schedule is easy for the next couple weeks. And as you head towards the deadline into February, it gets tough again. So I'm uh, not sure what the Knicks will do. They're 20 and 21. Again, I mean, you're not a contender. You're not going to the Eastern Conference Finals. You're not going to the Finals. You're probably not going to win a round. Uh, you made the playoffs last year. I, I think this this new regime, this new uh, group that's running the team with Leon Rose and company, I think they'll be a little more realistic in terms of having a long-term view. I know fans want playoff games, fans want to win, but the idea is to win championships. And if you can get future assets to try to, you know, get the next superstar at some point, I, I would look to sell and, as opposed to buying. But uh, that's a conversation for the next couple of weeks. That's the Knicks scenario. They are now 20 and 21. They can get to 500 tomorrow night against the Mavericks. The Nets lost to the Blazers. We don't spend a lot of time on the Nets just because, look, the Nets are the Nets. The one thing I have a concern with with the Nets, it's not losing to the Blazers. Uh, Harden didn't play. It seems like Harden, Irving, and Durant never play at the same time. You know, they made this trade to get the big three. They traded for Harden, uh, you know, last January, maybe early February. These guys never play at the same time. I mean, Harden's out, Irving's out. It, it, they're never on the, the court at the same time. And that's that leads into my one concern. Durant last night played 42 minutes. I mean, it's a regular season game in Portland, who's terrible, in January. Why are you putting mean, this guy's had a million injuries? He's in his 30s now. He's had leg injuries. He's seven feet tall. Why are you playing this guy 42 minutes? I mean, it seems like he's playing 40 plus minutes every night. It makes no sense to me. But uh, the Nets, look, they're, they're going to be in the mix as long as they're healthy, and, and that's why you know you have concern with Durant. And just you know, whether you're the two seed, the one seed, the three seed, the four seed, it really doesn't matter. You're in good shape here if you're the Nets. Just get to the playoffs, get to the conference finals, and that's. Really where I think the next season starts will be in, as long as they're healthy in the conference finals against Milwaukee. I think those two teams are head and shoulders above everyone else. I know the Bulls have had a nice season, but to me it's the Nets and, Nets and the Bucks uh, in the East and everyone else. So I'd be careful here with Durant's minutes. The Nets lose. 
Again, Harden doesn't play. These guys never seem to play at the same time. Uh, so that's the net scenario. That is, they are still the two seed in the in the East. And again, you don't worry about them. You know they're going to be there in the mix. Try, try to see here where they play. Again, they play, I know they're off tonight. They play tomorrow uh, against the Bulls. That's a pretty good game. That's a good game that's in Chicago, so Irving can play, which again, is just ridiculous that you know, if he's on the road, he can play. If he's home, he can't. It's just kind of crazy. But the Blazers beat the Nets 114-108. Blazers were like nine-point underdogs. So uh, that's the Nets scenario there now, 25-14. and 14. Again, you don't worry too much about them. They will be there in the in the end. Figure they, they'll add a piece somewhere along the line at the deadline, whether it's, you know, they probably don't need another shooter. They, they could use some help on, on defense. They could use some help. They're not a great rebounding team. They're bread and butter's offense. I mean, they're going to put Durant, Irving, Harden, Joe Harris, and whoever out there and just try to beat you, to, just try to score you to death. Just basically try to be the 2017 Warriors where they just average, you know, uh, you know, one and a half points per, per trip down the floor and just, you know, hang 130 on you every night. And they're capable of doing it. So uh, that's the Nets. That's the Nets. That's the Knicks. Uh, that should do it for our Tuesday show. I mean, we'll, we'll have more on the playoffs as the week goes on. Uh, college football season is over. NFL regular season is over. Judge, Joe Judge is still the coach somehow. So uh, definitely here in the middle of January, it's, it's a transition period. You know, there's no football on during the week. There's just a handful of football games left. So uh, definitely a transition to basketball, hopefully to baseball soon. So these shows will be a little different, do a little more basketball. Hopefully we'll do some baseball if they ever come back. Uh, we'll get some guests on. We'll, we'll get some, you know, do some, some mock draft stuff because the Giants and Jets have a million picks and, uh, as the week goes on, we'll do, we'll do more of these playoff games, get into some picks. The picks have been good, so I want to be careful with what information I give you. So uh, no picks at the moment. I think the one pick, I'm going to bet the Bills, and I'm probably going to bet the Chiefs. I think that Chiefs line will go up, and I just have a hard time seeing the Patriots stay within a touchdown of the Bills. But that's our show. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Bet Rivers. This has been the New York City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Online sports betting is now legal in New York, and you can make your first legal sports bet now with BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is a full-featured sportsbook offering same-game parlays, live streaming, and a massive number of daily betting markets. Sign up now and get up to $250 in bonus cash on your first deposit. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today and bet in New York. Must be 21, playable New York only gambling problem. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.